I introduce you to a man who no longer needs any introduction of any sort. The 20th head coach in Austin P. football history, Mark Hudspeth, has been on the job not quite a week, but has already galvanized the program, the community, and the fan base at large. Like few others over the last decade plus, I've been involved with Austin P. Already, people are excited for August 31st, 2019, when the Govs host North Carolina Central to kick off his first season at the Fort. Coach, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having us. Describe the whirlwind that the last week has been for you. Well, you know, obviously, this went down pretty pretty quick, and and it, we've uh, we got here, um, and Gerald and Dr. White really made our family feel at home, and we knew really from time we touched down that this was a place we wanted to be. And since that point, it has been a, a full sprint from point A to point B, and in between. Uh, trying to do everything we can to get this thing off the ground. You know, we, we're right in the middle of recruiting. We've got to hire staff. Uh, it's so many things we've got to put together in order to uh, to get a Division One program up and running. Can you get into a little bit of the behind the scenes with your interview process and what kind of initially made you comfortable? Well, one, it was meeting with Gerald. And I really I felt like he had a, a great vision for what he wanted uh, to, out of his football program, and I think that's the same vision, obviously, that Dr. White wants, and they want a, a, a championship football program. You know, the football team is sort of in the athletic department itself. It's the front porch of a university, and, you know, when you have a, a football team uh, that's that's winning, a football team that's in the playoffs and bowls and things like that, you're getting free exposure that you don't have to pay for. And that's great exposure for your university, great ex exposure for your athletic programs and athletic teams. And, uh, and obviously that helps in all aspects. That helps in recruiting, that helps in fundraising, that, that makes alumni, uh, puts them in a way better mood uh, when it comes to giving and giving back. And, and so it, it helps all around. And so I, I was comfortable uh, with everything he told me. We've loved every minute that we've been here in Clarksville, and this university has really just uh, blown us away. So we're really happy to be here. You said it was almost immediate. What really was the, the final nail for you? I think just when we landed and got to finally, you know, I wanted to, to, to come see the place. Just like when you buy a car, you want to test drive yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hadn't been here before, although I'd been to Nashville many times, and we'd always loved this part of the country. And in uh, being able to, to see this campus and drive through Clarksville, I uh, had no idea that the quality of life was as good as it was here. It's, it is a great quality of life. Uh, I'm anxious for my children to be involved and my wife here. Uh, it offers them so many things. And uh, so we're excited to, to jump in both feet, get involved in this community, get involved on campus. And uh, we've always been that way everywhere we've been. You hail from Louisville, Mississippi. Why does that place put out so many successful coaches? You, Andy Kennedy, uh, Matthew Mitchell, UK. Yep, and then you got one more out the road, Kim Roseman. Oh, really? She's I didn't know uh, that. all from the same 1A high school. Yep. Wow. I was Andy Kennedy's backup quarterback. And Mitchell Ma was yours, wasn't Ma it? Matthew Mitchell was mine, and then Kim Roseman came behind uh, Matthew about two or three years and was a star basketball player there and went on to play at Ole Miss. And so uh, those are four straight, you know, Division One coaches right there from a small little high school that had 25 people in my senior class. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? 
when I was in high school, I, I had just a unique opportunity to play for probably the two most decorated high school coaches in their own respective states. That's Robert Herring in Mississippi, Alabama and Georgia, and then Bud Turner in the state of Mississippi. And and uh, just uh, they were a great influence on me in the coaching realm. And, and I had some great mentors going through uh, college coaching at every stop. You know, I probably drew a lot from everybody that I've worked for, a lot of great coaches, and, and learned a lot from each one of them. Who's been some of your biggest influences over the years? Well, I'd have to say there's two that really stands out the most, and one would be a, uh, one of the coaches that I was a graduate assistant for at Central Arkansas. His name is Clifton Ely, longtime assistant there at, at Arkansas and at Ole Miss. And then Steve Campbell, who is now currently the head coach of South Alabama, uh, was my college coach, and then I coached for him at Delta State when we won the Division II National Championship. I was the offensive coordinator for him there. And so those two guys have been my – biggest mentors as I developed uh, growing up as a young young coach. What part of collegiate coaching really holds the most appeal for you? Probably the, the relationship with the players. Um, those are the, you know, you have wins and you have losses, but at the end of the day, 10 years later and 15 and 20 years later, you run into your players and, uh, you know, that bond, because you spend so much time with them for five years. Uh, those are the bonds that never break regardless of how you did, you know, and those relationships are always always pretty special and it's pretty neat and it's pretty special when you see your, your former players going on to be great dads, great husbands, successful careers in whatever their chosen field might be. So those to me are the really the true, true victories uh, in life. What's changed the most about coaching since you got your start as a GA at UCA in 1992? Well, one is probably the technology. Technology has changed the whole whole game. Back when I was a graduate assistant in 92, 93, the graduate assistants cut the grass, painted the fields, um, swept the fields, gassed up the tractor, cut up the VHS tapes of practice and games. Uh, I even drove the one of the buses to the games with the players in it. And now all our GAs are basically uh, all they do is data entry all day long, and and it's all everything is all broken down uh, statistically in everything that we do, and it's uh, pretty in depth. And so you know it's the it's got to be that part of it is is changed the entire game, and so uh, and I don't see that changing. It's going to even probably continue to change and evolve that way but it's made it's made it much easier and i'll say this astroturf is or our football field turf is has changed the game also even in the high school game because you don't spend your half your day cutting and painting fields like you used to do back uh back in the day but on the flip side of that what's still the same at the very foundation yeah it's still coaching it's still you know it's recruiting in college it's still recruiting it's not. It's still. It's still not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmys and Joes. It's the players, and uh, the X's and O's obviously help. But you know, you've got to have good players. So recruiting is recruiting. Although recruiting is, is even more of a challenge than ever now with the early signing period. Way the 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 dates have moved back where you can recruit earlier. Technology has made it much more difficult. Uh, uh, it takes up so much of your time now because you're always on social media. Uh, staying in contact with these kids and so it, it takes a, a lot of hours to go through and have a successful signing class so that that's big one of the biggest biggest things 
as the game's evolved over the last 20-plus years, how have you evolved with it? Well, one, you know, you're always learning, and you better be because this game is evolving. If you're not evolving with it, then you're getting outdated. And so, you know, offenses, are, are conti they continue to evolve. Defenses, you know, continue to evolve. And so you've got to continually learn, adapt, and the coaches that can learn and adapt continue to have success. And, and that will be one of the – the critical things, you know, uh, in college football in the next couple, coming years, because I still think football is is changing and and uh, it's it's becoming uh, more finesse game as we used to be more of a physical game. And I hate that part of it because I love the physical part of the game, and and I hope that it will still maintain that in some some way uh, in fashion. Over the years, you've gotten an opportunity to coach on both sides of the ball. Does that really help you figure out what you like best schematically? It does, and it just gives you a little more of an idea how to attack defenses and how to attack offenses and what gives you trouble, you know, so you know how to attack those things. And so I've had the opportunity to be on both sides of the ball, mostly on the offensive side, but I have been on both sides of the ball. I want to talk a little bit about your first head coaching stop at North Alabama where you enjoyed just a ton of success. How difficult was it for you to walk away from what you had been able to accomplish there to go join the staff at Mississippi State? Well, you know, we had been there for seven years, and we, we had, uh, I think, out of those seven years, had five seasons with 11 wins or more. And uh, we were went to the semifinals three times and had some outstanding players, some outstanding years. But, you know, my goal was to continue wanting to be a Division One head football coach. And and uh, felt like that would give me an opportunity to do that uh, for Mississippi State. And, and we went there and had some uh, some success with Dan Mullen. We went to the Gator Bowl the second year and beat Michigan. And uh, that was a, a great victory. And then obviously got the, the head job at Louisiana Lafayette and, and uh, continued from there. Describe the differences in demeanor and how you carry yourself when you're an assistant coach versus when you take over as the head coach. Well, one, and uh, I had to relearn this when I went back to Mississippi State this past year from being the head coach for the last seven. You know, uh, the head coach obviously is the final say. and uh, But as a head coach still, you want ideas. You know, you, I like when coaches throw things against the wall and see if they stick. Uh, I just think sometimes as an assistant coach this past year, I wanted to throw too much against the wall. And, uh, you know, sometimes assistant coaches, you, you know, you do have to stay in your lane a little bit. And, and when you've been a head coach and you're used to doing things a certain way, uh, that sometimes is a challenge. But it's still the head coach's prerogative, regardless of who you work for, because that's his, his position, that's his job, and he's earned the right to be there, and that's his decision. And, and we're always going to support the decision of the head coach, and, and that's what you, you have to do. You've been involved with playoffs versus – and you've also been involved with the bowl system as well. Uh, kind of describe the differences and the excitement and the competition, just the overall atmosphere of the events. Well, they're, they're a lot of fun. Obviously, the New Orleans Bowls we went to those four years where we won the four straight games. Where, you know, we beat uh, San Diego State, Nevada. Um, uh, then we beat Tulane. And then – who was the last one? Um, Drawing a blank, but we, we – I didn't memorize your yeah. Sorry, I should have wrote it down. That's <laughs> no, okay. that's okay. But we, we had some, some, some big wins, and, and so the bowls were some outstanding experiences, especially for the kids. You know, they got a lot of neat things. They got to go to destinations that uh, they might ne not necessarily get to go to. And so um, it was just a, a great experience for those guys. And um, just um, – 
proud, you know, and had a lot of fun being a part of them. I guess the other one was San Diego State. That was it, yep. yep. Uh, at ULL, you had the opportunity to coach your son. Uh, gun over four injury, cut mm-hmm. short his career. As as coach and parent, how tough is it when your son is the one dealing with such a setback? You know, that's always tough, especially when you know how hard your son has worked. Son or daughter, you know, it's worked to – to get to that point and all the time they've put in and, and, and you know what it meant to them. And then uh, they get dealt a, a pretty tough card where they can't play anymore. But, you know, that's life. And just like I tell our team all the time, that's not the first disappointment you're going to have in your life. You know, life's 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. And uh, that was a great learning experience. But you know what? I, I always feel like everything happens for a reason. And uh, it, it did speed up his coaching career. He started being a student coach there, and he, then he went to Mississippi State as a student coach. And, and then hopefully he's going to follow me here this summer once he graduates in, in May. And so um, really proud of him. I think he's going to be a, a really good coach. He's still got a lot to learn, just like I did when I was 20, 21 or 22 years old. And, but, you know, getting that first opportunity and meeting coaches, and it's, it's an exciting time when you're – when you're trying just to be a sponge and soak up everything that you can learn. Both your older kids have had the opportunity to play collegiate sports. How proud are you of what they've been able to do with their lives? Well, i tell you that. You know, I'm proud of a lot of things. But i tell you, you know, one of the proudest things I may be, uh, be of is that I've had two kids play Division One sports. You know, my son played at Louisiana Lafayette, and my daughter now is uh, – one is on the team as a scholarship player at Central Arkansas. She's a true freshman, and I got to see her on uh, online the other day on TV on on Fox playing uh, Texas A&M, and so that was uh, at Texas A&M. So that was a pretty. I wish I could have been there in person, but it was a pretty unique experience to say the least. Your younger kids are eight, four, and two. two. Yep. How does having the young ones running around keep you young yourself? Well, I'll tell you what. Now you're talking about that's, that's another thing that really makes you proud is is having those three little ones and uh, seeing those guys grow and seeing seeing their eyes light up when you you know you're telling them you're going to take them to practice or you're going to go outside and throw football with them they're all about ball and my my oldest one of those three major is uh he's going to be a really good player he's all in and uh let me tell you right now there's not a bigger austin p fan than, than him right now he's he he Every day he wears nothing but Austin P gear. He's all about the gear and the swag. I'm going to tell you, he looks like Deion Sanders running around. He's got so much swag on during the house. So you think he's getting ready for the game. And then uh, my middle son, Major, is just now uh, my little is, – is, I'm sorry, uh, captain. My middle son, Captain, is just now figuring out a little bit about football and sports, and he's starting to get into it. And my youngest one, Rocky – He's, uh, he's going to be the meanest one of all. Typically, the youngest ones are the meanest because the other two beat the dog out of them all day at the house. And so <laughs> he'll, he'll be mean when the time comes, that's for sure. Your wife's not too shabby of an athlete herself, from what I understand. Has run Boston before and yep. Country Music Marathon the last decade or so? Yep, she's run the Country Music Marathon the last 12 years, I think, running the full. Uh, she's ran Boston. She just got back from New York about six weeks ago, ran the full at New York. And then she won Music City Muscle about four years ago, fitness championship there in Nashville. Uh, but then, since then, two more two more youngers have come along, so she's had to retire from that. And Whew. and uh, I think the the two little ones are much harder training each day than than the lifting. Talk a little bit about the role a head coach's wife has to play in a successful partnership at this level. Well, you know, t- really, the 
your wife, coaching wife, she's really the head of the household, unfortunately, because we're not there very much. And so we could not do what we love without a strong wife that can handle things. And, and she can handle it. And I tell you, I've never been around someone that's so strong-willed. They can do so many things at one time. Uh, and so she's allowed and afforded me the opportunity to coach and do my job. And uh, she is one of the best moms out there because she is so involved w with the community, with our three kids. And then she'll be so involved with our team, having the team over, bringing the team things, bringing the kids up so they can throw football with them after practice. And so it's uh, that makes our job much easier. And then when you do get time to spend time with them, that's, that makes it that much sweeter. We did even have a late date night uh, Wednesday night uh, wow. Here, here, uh, about 9:30. First time we've had a date night, I think, since July, because you know we've been in season at Mississippi State. You've talked a lot about community your first couple of days here. Why is being a visible part of the community such an important deal for you? Well, I think I've always said this. I think it's hard for me to to ask the the community to come to me or come to our team if they don't see myself or the team coming to them. You know, we want them to know that we're in this with them. So we're going to be doing a lot of community service. We're going to be involved uh, all over the community. And, and, and we will be seen out. And we feel like that's our obligation. And we don't do it because we feel like we have to. We do it because we want to. Katie Locke in Ticketing has demanded that I ask you this question because according to her, the answer says a lot about the person. So here goes. Burger or pizza? Burger. I will get back to you with what her interpretation of that is. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to close this out with the same 15 questions that I close everybody out with. Okay. What is your favorite word? Um, that's a good question. Probably um, juice. Juice? Yep, juice. Juice like apple juice? No, like? juice like energy. Ah, gotcha. Yep. What is your least favorite word? Probably can't say that one on the air. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Yep, yep. Who or what inspires you? I would say positive people. Positive people inspire me. Uh, people that have a great outlook on life. Uh, people that energize me by being around them with their with their attitudes. Regardless if you play football or not, no matter where you are, uh, there's people, and I walk in department stores and at the checkout line, and they, I want to say, man, I would love to hire you. Uh, to come work for me, you know. So people that have great attitudes always inspire me. What's the last book you read for fun? Probably uh, ooh, it's probably a John Maxwell book. Uh, I read a lot of John Maxwell. I'm trying to think of the last one I read. But uh, yeah, probably it was first of last summer because during the season don't have a lot of time to read. Uh, what's your worst habit? Ooh, you're asking me some tough ones. Um Probably got a lot of those, but uh, energy drinks. Probably shouldn't drink so many of those. What's your What's your daily intake? Uh, well, it, during the season, at some points, it's it's two a day oh. with a cup of coffee. Uh, but okay. I, I need to I need to gear down, cut those back a little bit. What's your What's your choice? Red Bull, Monster, Bang, Bang. Yep, really? Yep. yep I gotta get in on those. Yep. I heard good things. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Ooh, um, that's a good question too. I guess uh, any any time that um, someone in your family is 
is sick or injured, things like that. Anytime I think my, I found out my father had, had, heart, had a heart attack, I mean, he ended up being fine surviving. But I think anytime you have a, a serious illness with a family member or one of your children, that's always one of the scariest times. What's your idea of happiness? Um, I think just um, being happy to me is um, when I feel like that uh, I have my life in order. And that it means, you know, with faith, family, um, friends, uh, with my job, and I'm and I'm not giving too much time just to one of those. Which I'd love to give a lot more time, to obviously, to my family and my faith. But but you have to, in order to have a balanced life, you've got to do a good job of not getting too. Uh, too leaning too far toward one of those you know you know i've got a, a job to do and it takes up a lot of hours but it's important that i find time for my family and because um, you know the job will always be there and the job in our business is never done I, I could work 24 hours a day and and not be through you just have to decide when to go home in our job is you could work 24 hours and still be working you just have to decide when to call it a night and so but just happiness to me is is family and uh feeling like you're doing your best flip side of that what is your idea of misery being in a work environment or being in any environment that makes you feel uncomfortable um people that uh are rude you know rude people like i said people that have great attitudes that are fun that uh, are forgiving that uh that uh are helpful and 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 will accept help you know i love helping people being around people that are positive so being around negative people that's sort of a downer to me a little bit what makes you self-conscious probably uh my age honestly yeah i just turned 50 yeah that's yeah probably. that's but that's the new 30 yeah hey i <laughs> yeah. get i get yeah. major major yeah. you're better shape yeah. than i am or anybody else yeah. my age yeah, that's the new 30, but, uh, you know, the other day my wife, I heard her tell someone I just turned 50, so I'm thinking in my mind what she's probably really thinking. So uh, when you start seeing those uh, gray hairs start coming out a little bit and you realize that you finally hit that 5-0, but you know what? It's just a number, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang in there. You embarrassed the uh, the TV guys. I saw some of the photos this weekend, and I know every one of those guys was hitting the treadmill this morning because oh. they, they look bad. I'm next to you. What's the most embarrassing song either you've ever purchased or that you just like? Who I don't know. Um, I love music, and so I, I, that's why we love Nashville. I love listening to live music downtown Nashville. You give me a, a summer afternoon with my wife, and we're going to be listening to some live music somewhere, that's for sure. But I don't know the worst, the most embarrassing song. Probably the most embarrassing song is probably one I've sang before, karaoke. I love karaoke. And so if you hit me up, up with an Elvis one, I'm going to nail it. But if you pull up something else, I'm probably going to uh, tear it up pretty good. <laughs> How would you prefer to die? Ooh, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about that, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Most people I ask yeah. that to have not really pondered it. Very yeah, hard. yeah. I just, you know, do you want to go down in a blaze of glory like a plane crash or do you want to die in the middle of the night and not even know it? So I sort of want to think that I'm going to know it. I would hate to be asleep and not know it because you're going to wake up and like, what happened? You know, so. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as? I would probably like to come back as Tom Brady. That's a pretty good choice. Yeah, yeah. 
What might prompt you to lie? You know what? Uh, that's that's gotten me in trouble at home in the past, and so. <laughs> Uh, I will say that I really try to follow our core value now of being honest as much as humanly possible because I have found out the hard way in, in a you know in a younger stage where honesty is the best policy. I can promise you that. What makes you hopeful? Um, I think I'm an optimistic person anyway. I'm I'm always glass half full. I don't see things as they are. When I walk into any room or any building. I don't see it as it is. I see it as it can be. And I, I go sit at a restaurant, and I'm looking around like, man, if I owned this restaurant, I would do this. I would do this. So, uh, you know, I think it's just optimism, natural optimism. I don't know if that means hopeful, but I'm, I just um, naturally hope, you know, hopeful of a lot of things. And I think a lot of times when you do that, you can you sort of make those things happen when you think about them and, and you actually get out and do them. What is our purpose in life? Well, you know, if you're a Christian, I think obviously that's to um, have a, a relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, and hopefully, my mom said this a long time ago, and it was the, I didn't, it hit me. It hit me about five minutes after she said it. She said, there's, you know, the, there's only, the only thing you can take to heaven is your kids. And I was like, wow, man, you know, what a statement. And I never will forget her saying that. And so... I hope, you know, that can be that influence on my children at home, too. Coach, you haven't quite been here a week yet, so obviously projecting in the future is, you know, who knows. But five years on, ten years on, where do you really see yourself? Well, I hope we see ourselves with a lot of OVC championships in our building. And, you know, that's a process, and that's what I was telling everybody the other day, when we can get everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. One person is not going to – you know, one person can make a difference, but a group of people can make history. And so for us, you know, if, if the coach, the team, the students, the administration, the alumni, the community, uh, the support staff can all learn to pull that rope in the same direction, um, then that's when special things happen. And that's what makes the journey that much sweeter when you finally get to the top of the mountain, when you've climbed and you scratched and you clawed and you've slipped down and you've climbed back up and you've stumbled and you've climbed back up and you finally get to the top of the mountain and you stick that flag in the ground at the top. Um, that, that's when it's special. And, uh, you know, I always tell everybody, don't climb to the top of the mountain so the world can see you climb to the top of the mountain so you can see the world and so that's you know we want to we want to get to the top of the mountain here and um and once we get to the top we'll want to climb it again you know but that's that's our that's our goal and that's what we want to do coach you've been super gracious with your time i appreciate you coming in i appreciate you being here i appreciate you believing in us and we're going to believe in you the same way head coach mark hudspeth of the awesome football team hey thanks a lot thanks for having us well, I quit my job down at the car wash. I left my mama a goodbye note. By sundown, I left Kingston with my guitar under my coat. I hitchhiked all the way down to Memphis, got a room at the YMCA. For the next three weeks, I went hunting them nightclubs looking for a place to play. Well, I thought my picking would set them on fire, but nobody wanted to hire a guitar man. Well, I nearly about starved to death down in Memphis. I run out of money and luck. So I bought me a ride down to Macon, Georgia on an overlook.